So this fall semester for me is over now, and I feel very relieved, but now it is time for me to roll on over into the spring 2021 semester, and none of those classes are psychology classes, unfortunately. I am taking math, intro to ethics, intro to sociology, and American federal government. But the good thing is that it is all online. Unless I have to take a test, then I have to go up to the testing center, which sucks because I really do not want to have to drive 45 minutes up to Rose State, but it is doable. But I'm trying to take it one day at a, at a time, so I have no need to worry right now. But hello, welcome back to another episode of Chillin' with Millie, a podcast safe for the lost. Remember, we are all in this together. If you are lost, we are all lost because, girl, this world is just flipping tables everywhere they go. So, if one goes down, we all go down too. But in this episode, I am going to talk about injustice. Not just injustice with Black African Americans, but injustice as a whole. This will probably be probably be in parts. So, for this part, I will mainly speak about injustice with Black humans. And I will continue on with um, injustice um, within other groups um, in the next few episodes. Injustice appears when... A certain group of people or a certain someone decides to take the rights of others away from them simply because they feel that they can. Injustice appears surrounding the LGBTQ plus area. It appears surrounding the racial discrimination area. It appears surrounding the women's rights area. It is basically everywhere where there is a set of rules that are putting people's rights to live and be happy and free in jeopardy. That is an injustice. We should not allow personal beliefs to get in the way of someone's rights to self-govern. But that is exactly what is happening. We may tend to think that what we believe is something that everyone needs to believe in, and that is not how things work. What we choose to believe in is what we choose to believe in. We should not use that to judge people and tell them that they are doing wrong or that their existence is simply just wrong. Injustice is the lack of fairness or the lack of justice. It is unfair the black, brown, and Asian humans are so underappreciated, misunderstood, and downgraded by others. It is unfair how women of color, specifically black women, face troubling matters in healthcare offices when doctors do not really take their worries seriously because they think we are just trying to get medication to abuse or something. Or when black women are like four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related issues compared to white women. Or because of the disproportionate effects of health conditions on black women, many are just left suffering because there is little to, there is very, like, little to none government research funding. This is why many of us say that we need more people of color, in this case, black doctors, to take care of black men and women because for the most part, they will know and understand black women that we can stop having, um, that way we can stop having instances of black women dying or being treated unfairly and dismissed in the medical field. We need black doctors so that that does not happen. We need black doctors um, everywhere, not just black men, just we need we just need diversity in the medical field. And so uh, things just, you know, they just need to change. And there needs to be more diversity. When there is more diversity, there is the possibility of attaining a greater understanding about the most common medical issues and concerns that arise in various cultures and race groups. All in all, 
Black women are just thrown to the side because of personal biases and racism. Now, with Black men, I feel that people tend to stereotype Black men more than women. I know for me in middle school, um, a bit, well, in a bit of freshman year of high school, there were a few moments where people expected me to act stereotypically Black, meaning many people expected me to act all sassy, over-the-top, and quote-unquote ratchet. But that was just not me. And because I have always been so square and boxed, I feel that many people just felt that it was okay to be borderline racist or they felt that it was okay to call me basically white. Which before I, I actually um, had no problem with people calling me white because it, it did not really hurt my feelings. I think what hurt me most um, was me. I Because I allowed people to basically be racist towards my own people, I never stood up firmly for my own people when mainly my Caucasian mates in school would throw jabs indirectly at them or they would incorrectly stereotype black humans. I basically have always allowed people to walk all over me, but the reason why I always did was because I basically became numb to the dumbness and inconsiderate people that I forgot what an insult was basically. And so, like, for example, in elementary school, I faced the same issues with people calling me square, um, or saying I was not black enough, or they just treated me differently because I was not quote-unquote black or whatever. It was stupid, but the odd thing was that I was friends with them all. I think at, at that point, I was subconsciously ignoring my black sides, and I was fully embracing the fact that I was mixed. And so I, I always felt and acted different um, differently towards racial issues, meaning in the back of my mind, I always stereotyped my fellow black peers and my fellow black brothers and sisters because deep down on the inside, I knew that I was not one of them. And I would always hate the way that some of us make us look bad. And, you know, I, I think I still stand by that one. You know, the what I mean by that is I, let's see, I had like two black friends growing up and they were actually, well, I had about three. But the, th the problem I mainly had was that I don't think I was ever truly accepted. Um, there's there's like a, a, like a, I don't know, a way of how black people approach each other and how we treat each other. And it's just, I never really felt welcome within, um, with being around my fellow black peers. And I, I don't know, it was just always a weird, um, a weird feeling for me. Um, but I would always hate the way that some of us would make us look bad. And I think I still stand by that one, like I said. I have always thought that if we want respect, we have to respect ourselves and our fellow mates. How are black men and black women going to get respect if we continue to degrade our black women and call them hoes and, and call them sluts? and say foul things about them sexually wise. And for women, how are we going to get um, respect when we are always worried about the wrong things when it comes to black men? We're worried about how much he makes or about his body and his abilities and things of that nature. I feel that we always tend to put labels on our black men and women that we don't learn to appreciate them whole, wholeheartedly. And that goes for all of the black African-American race groups. We need to drop our own prejudices against other races and learn to love. Also, there were a few times that I have either witnessed or watched like on videos of black people being racist towards Asians. In order for us to find equality, 
within our own group, we need to um, band with our Asian brothers and sisters, and we need to band with our Hispanic brothers and sisters and fight these injustice fights together. There is no room, nor is there ever a need for racism against another um, against other minority groups who are facing racism all the time like we are, but it's just in different categories. In order to gain respect, we need to respect ourselves and our own people regardless of gender, gender, gender identification and sexuality. To act a fool is an injustice to our common people. Okay, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly of something that has happened in 2020. Something good that has happened recently is that the first ever um, Indian American U.S. Surgeon General has been reappointed by Papa Biden, which is really cool considering that our former president had many Caucasians on his team. Biden is making a good step in the right direction with including people of all races, ethnicities, and um, identities. Like, also... Recently, Sarah McBride, the first openly transgender human, was elected as state senator. She is also the highest ranking transgender official in the country. So far, I am enjoying the good news that has been coming out since Biden was elected as president, but that does not drown the injustices that are still going on. Now, moving on to the bad, the slaying of innocent black lives. I first want to say this. It does not matter if someone is not well in their mental state, in their physical state or emotional state. If you have them already pinned down, you should not make it worse for them because of course they're going to struggle. Any human would struggle when they are pinned down. No one wants to just lose their life over a situation that could have been dealt with differently. George Floyd, regardless of how he was perceived, did not deserve to lose his life. I heard people saying things like, oh, he was on drugs or whatever. I still do not think that matters when it comes to knowing and understanding that he did not deserve to die. That one gunman, uh, Nicholas Cruz, legit had the intentions of killing people. But did the police kill him? No, they gently swept him away and cited mental illness as the reason as to why he wanted to do what he wanted to do. But what about the innocent black lives that have been taken away mercilessly? Black lives could have been saved. George Floyd was not given a second look before they killed him, but the police force gave Nicholas Cruz a second look, a second look, and decided not to shoot when he had a freaking gun. Do you see what I mean, or, or am I missing something here? One man was a legit threat, but was handled with care, while the other man was just asking to breathe. He was pleading for his life, while the other one simply did not care for his life. How does that make any freaking sense? It is basically, a, a, it is a double standard, a racial double standard. How are you going to arrest a gunman gently, but arrest an incapacitated man and then sit on his neck while you're wrestling a fudging, like, when you're wrestling like a fudging alligator? <laughs> That's, that is hard for me to, you know, convey my emotions. But I don't know if it is just me, but that sounds pretty effed up. Originally, George Floyd was pulled over for something, but even a Minneapolis mayor stated that race did play a factor in his death. Now, if race played a factor, then, then who knows how many more black men and women, or even brown men and women, have died because of, of, a, of a police officer's racial prejudice, and we don't even know about it. That is legit terrifying. Being blacker, being basically Asian, black, uh, Native American, whoever, being a colored person in America should not be a death sentence. 
Okay, so the story that I read was that prior to George Floyd's death, he was suspected to have a counterfeit $20 bill and a grocery store called the police. And guess what? The police said that he fit the description. Now, mind this. George um, did mention how he suffered from claustrophobia prior to his death because he was weary about getting in the back of the police car because he was arrested for the counterfeit um, whatever. Now, I want to say this. Police officers are not trained mental health physicians or they're not trained in mental health at all, unless they decide to, but majority of them probably are not. They legit go to the police academy for like a month and a half or two months. That is not enough time to learn about the ways you treat someone who has a disability or a phobia or some type of incapacitation. Those are things you should take into account when it comes to apprehending someone. Because anything could happen. It is like that same situation where uh, Walter Wallace Jr., a young black man who was killed in Phil by Philadelphia police, he needed mental health treatment and he was holding a knife and was fatally shot. Mental health professionals deal with that all the time and they do not call the police um, or shoot them dead. They try to de-escalate the situation or they try to call help or they... um. There's other ways to, to apprehend someone without killing them. But I am sure that the patient does not end up dead whenever the mental health professionals try to detain a patient who has a hold of a, of a knife or a fork or something. Um, they may be um, end up highly injected with sedatives, but they are still alive. That's the main issue here. All the um, black men and women who have ended up in police care because the police think they have done something wrong, they've all end up they've end up dying. So why is it so hard to have decent police officers? Why is it so hard to make their training longer or at least hire officers who freaking know about mental health and psychology and who also know how to deal with a situation that is hostile but can be um, dealt uh, or handled in a way that does not result in an innocent life being taken away? There is no way I am trusting some rando with a gun who went to police training for like eight weeks. Would you trust someone who has only held and used a gun a few times for like six to eight weeks? For some countries, it takes two years. Why is America lagging behind so much? We do, we do not need so-called professional law enforcement bozos on the streets with guns. Like we always say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. We need to check, thoroughly check our officers before we send them off to play games with human lives. They need about 100 um, mental health checks or something. They need to be checked if they have had any previous confrontations that were unjust. We need to talk with family members to see how the officers are when they are, are not around colleagues or bosses. We need to check and see if they have a racist past. Check their internet search history, just do more. They just hand over a gun after like 10 weeks. Do what Europe does. Train them for nine months to two years and then evaluate their progress to see if they're ready. The American police force all over just needs to, you know, bake a little while longer before opening a can of whoop your butt. Now we are moving on to the ugly. When we heartlessly executed Brandon Bernard, that decision came from an ugly heart. At this point, I feel that Trump is just wanting to execute anyone before Biden is officially put into office. Because after Brandon Bernard, another black man had been executed within two days. Please someone make it make sense. 
The other man's name was Alfred um, Bergois. With um, Brandon, uh, he committed a crime when he was 18 years old. But you may ask, well, why is it so important that he should not um, have been executed? The problem is that it was a senseless timing and just downright despicable for Trump to go ahead with the execution right before he is getting kicked out of office. It just doesn't sit right with me. It just feels like cruelty for the sake of being cruel. This young man had been on death row for 17 years, and just now, Donald Duck decided to go ahead with his execution. I know that some people um, are on death row for a while, but it just... Something just something off off and wrong feels um is like just protruding out of this whole situation. It was rushed. And now with hearing about four more executions that Trump has planned, you can't tell me that this is not some form of revenge to wreak havoc on an already divided and odd and odd society. That just seems like pure evil. This is why we say abolish the death penalty. Honestly, what good does it do? I would rather a criminal rot and smell themselves decaying slowly but surely in, in a jail cell than, um, you know, have them, than have innocent people put on death row. The death penalty may work in some cases, but I just have this horrible feeling that many people of color who were locked up and put on death row were not there justly. And so they ended up losing their life because of racial prejudice. For example, Emmett Till was accused of being inappropriate or flirting with a Caucasian girl. And he said that, um, oh, she said that he was being inappropriate with her and touching her. But because they held a racial bias against him, they did not care. They wanted him dead or alive. But if he was alive, they were going to kill him anyway. Many racist Caucasians, or just racist people in general, but in this case it was Caucasians, would literally seek out and hunt black people because they found enjoyment in it. They made that decision with an ugly heart as well. There's literally this whole thing with um like uh hunting black people like way back in the day. It was it was very it was a very odd thing that I read about. But now death sentences are disproportionately affecting people of color. I mean, crap, the whole freaking justice system has always disproportionately affected black and brown lives. It feels that the only way black and brown humans are truly heard is when one of us dies in the hands of authority or if we are brutalized by the system. A system that literally has racism written all over it. A system that was put in place to attract those of less fortune and who just so happen to mainly be people of color. It is bogus. If they want to see change, then they should start with helping out the communities that are lacking in many things. They can start with reaching out to provide health services for those who are mentally, physically, and emotionally lacking and unstable. If they, they meaning, um, I don't know, uh, those who are, are like law enforcement, uh, government, anyone basically, if people want to see change or true change, it begins with helping those who are left um, behind, helping those who are basically pushed to the side. It begins with helping um, out those poor and innocent uh, families locked in cages. It begins with reuniting families and getting rid of those dumb immigration laws. Seriously, America is immigrant America. It was literally built by Native Americans and immigrants. Without them, America would not be so culturally and racially diverse like it is today. If you want change, you respect the lives of those who helped create what America has been known as, the land of opportunity.
How can you like, respect, and appreciate our culture and our arts and music and things of that nature, but not like the people behind the great madness? Honestly, where is the humanity? Where is the appreciation? Where is the, the love? It may be there, but it sure has been in hiding often. Just love people, love your neighbors. There is no need for trying to rid people of their right to happiness and life. That only creates more division. Share the love, bring rightful justice, bring the positive change, be the light, and help others. Also, think before you speak. It is something so simple, but something that always needs to be said. Just think before you speak. But um, now we're at the end of this, of this podcast episode. Um, it was great while it lasted, my friend. I appreciate you sitting through me rambling. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this all over the place podcast episode. Thank you for listening to me speak my thoughts. But before we end, I must say a quote. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Dr. Martin Luther King. Also, here is something so simple yet very important to remember. Try to love and understand others before deciding to hate them. Adios.